justly deserves. Anybody know he deserves our worship? Oh, come on. Did you come to worship today? Come on all over this place. Let's give God some praise in the house. Our choir is going to sing now, but let us continue in our worship. this morning 
is found in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, and we want to begin reading there at the 12th verse. And it reads like this, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sin, for until the law of sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed, even there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense, for if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness which will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Come on, I need to say that one more time. Come on. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. That's a good word, isn't it? That's a good word this morning. Thank the Lord for the reading and the hearing of his word. For just a few moments, would you bow your heads as we go to the Lord in prayer? Father, it is in the name of Jesus Christ that we come before you. Oh God, we are thankful this morning. We are grateful. We're grateful to be in your house one more time. And God, we know that we didn't just show up by ourselves today because we know you are here. Oh God, thank you for being here. Thank you for your grace that abounds in our lives. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who we know is here with us today. God, thank you. Thank you, oh God, for one more day to get right what we got wrong on yesterday. God, we say thank you. And now, God, since you're here, we ask that you move about this sanctuary. Move about in your power. Oh, God, move about in your grace. Move about, oh, God, up and down every aisle. God, move in such a way that we will leave here today knowing that we have been in your presence. God, we know you're here because we feel you. 
We feel your presence. We feel you, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We feel you. Now, God, do what only you can do in our worship. Help us, oh God, to lift up holy hands in this place. Help us, oh God, to sing the songs of Zion. Help our choir to sing with power and anointing today. Help us today, oh God, knowing that we have been in your presence. God, we honor you. We praise your holy and your righteous name. We praise you, oh God, for who you are. Now, God, thank you for being here. Thank you for being right by our sides. Thank you, oh God. Oh God, for one more chance to give back to you what you have given to us. God, thank you. We can't give you what you gave us, but God, we say thank you that we can give you worship. We can give you worship. God, we give you worship today. We worship you today in spirit and in truth. And God, when we leave this place, we're going to leave here leaping and jumping, knowing that we have have been in your presence. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't you have your seats in his presence? But as you're having your seats, give God praise right where you are.
give God praise for being awesome this morning. Our God, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. times ain't it just how awesome our God is that's why we're here that's why we want to celebrate because of God who he is and what he's done for us amen amen man welcome welcome to all of you and good morning to everyone uh, this is the part of our service uh, where we dive into the impact moment uh, the message that I have for uh, the children and youth here um, at St. Paul and for all those that are joining with us right now uh, man I'm so excited as we continue um, to talk about what an impactful mission uh, looks like as Jesus is um, man really going forth on his mission and his ministry in the book of Luke um, and so I'm really excited for um, this next part um, of our uh, of our study of, of Luke as we kind of work our way through um, some of Jesus's ministry and mission to people. Guys, the title of our message this morning is this. It's don't miss the impact. Don't miss the impact. Our memory verses, and this is going to be a short little passage that I read so we can kind of get the gist of what's going on here. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 4. Verses 24 through 28, okay? I'll be reading from the New International Version, and it should be up on the screen for you guys. So I'm going to go ahead and read this, if you can follow along with me. Truly I tell you, Jesus continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you, I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath, in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. Guys, our bottom line, the main point I want us to get from today's message is this. Be glad God's grace is for all people. Be glad God's grace is for all people. Guys, I wonder, have you ever, have you ever gone shopping with your mom or dad or with your grandparents? And have you ever gone shopping with them for a birthday present for another friend? You, know, you were going to their birthday party and you wanted to go shopping and pick out the perfect present for them. But while you were out shopping for them for that specific present, you also saw something that you wanted. You saw something that you wanted to make your gift because, man, they look good and you wanted to make sure that you had it too. While you're out picking this for your other friend. Now, I was talking with my wife Taylor yesterday and she was talking about how she would always go out with her, her mama or her papa. And man, she would go out and she would, she would, man, give her grandma so much grief because she wanted to be able to get a gift when they were out also buying a gift for a friend that she had. Now, I bring my wife up as the illustration and I won't, I'll just leave her as that because, you know, I'm, you know, your youth pastor is perfect. So we'll just, we'll just use her. But honestly, honestly, I was convicted because for me, it wasn't so much when I would go out for uh, shopping for a friend or so, but it was actually just recently 
Uh, man, this past Christmas, I had a best friend named Chris who had just gotten this autographed Braves baseball by one of my favorite Atlanta Braves baseball players of all time. And man, I saw the picture of that baseball and man, I was just like, I, you know, I responded in a text and I said, man, that's awesome, bro. That's so good. I'm so happy for you. But inside I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm a bigger Braves fan than him. How come he gets to have that baseball? That's, an, that's impossible. You see, guys, I think this happens when we get so caught up in wanting something for ourselves that we fail to find joy in celebrating the good things that is coming for someone else. You see, what's even worse, guys, is I feel like we do this with God's grace, too. It's very easy to think that some people don't deserve God's grace or falling into the trap of thinking that we've done something possibly to earn it ourselves. This should be mine. This should be my grace. But then we remember that no one deserves it. And it's so stinking awesome. It's so stinking awesome that God even gives us his kindness and his love. Because man, we don't deserve it. So our bottom line, guys, be glad God's grace is for all people, for everyone. You see, guys, in our passage for today, just a little bit before it, if you guys remember from last week, Jesus had just read a passage from the book of Isaiah in the local temple. It was, his, it, was his, um, it was his passion and his, also, also something that he did on a regular basis was go to the local temple and he would read there. Now, when he read last time, Jesus said, man, the Holy Spirit is with me. God is with me. I am able to proclaim good news to the poor and say that the kingdom of God is for them. Proclaim freedom for people who are held down by their sins and mistakes. He says that, man, the blind are able to see, man, a people who are oppressed or who are persecuted or put down for maybe who they are, or for maybe what they do. The love of God will be with them. And then Jesus has come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, meaning that, man, land would be restored to people who needed land. Debt would be forgiven. Just continuing this awesome theme of people getting something that they may not even deserve. Now, you see, Jesus would bring this. He is bringing this to earth. He is living this out. And the people listening in the temple, they were amazed at his words. And they asked, man, is this, is this Joseph's kid? Is this Joseph's son, the son of the carpenter? He's here speaking these amazing words to us. Now, you see, Jesus felt the love, but he knew that it was for all the wrong reasons. The people wanted Jesus to perform miracles for them like he had in other places. They didn't care about listening to the message that Jesus had just given about how, man, his love and this good news would be for all people because they must have thought, man, Jesus is a Jew just like me. Man, he's going to be able to be my own, my special, my one and only. I'm going to get to have him solely to myself. And man, they were so wrong because Jesus was there to tell them that God has always been about including everyone in his plan to save the world. It's why he brings up Elijah and Elisha, these Old Testament prophets. You guys remember studying these guys? Now, see, they helped non-Jewish people, and Jesus was going to do the same. Jesus told the people this because he knew that they believed in their hearts that they were God's chosen people. And so he wanted to challenge them with this message that, man, you might be God's chosen people, but, man, I've come for people outside of the Jewish faith as well. Say, man, I've come for everyone so that everyone can know me and be saved by my love. You see, guys, since Jesus had come to do this, man, these people had a chance to be excited. 
they had the chance to be so awesome and celebrate this good news that Jesus was giving them. But instead, they were so caught up in themselves. They were so caught up in their pride that they couldn't celebrate what was going to be given to somebody else. And you see, guys, we might look at them and we might think, man, there's no way that we could do that. There's no way that we could just hold Jesus and his grace and believe that it's just for us. But you see, guys, I think this can happen when we see someone else and we see them doing something that might be worse than what we've done. We see it and we think, man, I see, I'm a straight A student. I go to church every Sunday with my parents. Man, I follow God. I go to Sunday school. And then you see this other kid, maybe in your classes or maybe with you at school, who is in and out of suspension, who is failing a couple of classes. And you see them and you think, man, there is no way that God could ever love them that God could ever show them grace. And you see, guys, I think this message is meant to challenge us because you see, no one is deserving of God's grace. No one is deserving of his love. But the beauty of it all is that we all get to have it, that we all get to celebrate together. And let's not miss the impact. Let's not miss the good news. Let's not be so caught up in ourselves that we can't celebrate That man, someone, no matter what they've done, has the chance to come to know God because of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Guys, be glad. Be glad God's grace is for all people. Will you join me in prayer as we close this impact moment out? Dear Lord, thank you so, so, so much for your grace this morning, Lord. Thank you so much, God, that you have given us something that we do not deserve. God, I'm thankful this morning that we don't have to earn it. And we don't have to do anything to receive it, God, but have faith in Jesus Christ, your son. Lord, I pray that we would celebrate the good news that it is for all people this morning. No matter where they come from or what they've done, let us celebrate, God. Let us celebrate the fact that we get to have a relationship with you. We love you, and God, we thank you for Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen. Thank you, guys. Come on, let's give the Lord praise for the impact moment. Thank you, Peyton, uh, for that powerful word to our youth and and our children. And I don't know about anybody else, but to us grown folks as well. Amen. 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 Good morning. Good morning. It's so great to see those of you all who have pressed your way to be part of our worship service, we thank God for you, for those that are online, as well as those that are in the house. I don't take this moment for granted. Thank you all so very, very much. I want to uh, do several things uh, for the time that is mine as far as my observations are concerned. And what I'm getting ready to say is going to sound real crazy. But for those that are watching us online or listening to us um, through the phone, The church is open. Now, I know that sounds crazy for me to have to say that, but you'd be surprised. I have run into so many folks who are doing one of two things. Either they're just totally unaware or they've been so disconnected from St. Paul that whenever I see them in public, the first thing they say to me, I can't wait to come back to church uh, and the church is open. And I have to tell them, we've been open since August. 
and have not shut down. And they said, oh. And I said, you know what that means, don't you? They said, no. I said, that means you have not been watching us. It so amazes me how many folks claim to be part of St. Paul that's not connected, really. And um, so we got work to do. We got work to do. So I want to let those that, that are watching us know, if you want to come to in-person worship, you're more than welcome. We ask that you just govern yourselves accordingly. Wear your mask. Practice social distancing as instituted by our medical team, first impressions, and ushers. And uh, you can come to church. Amen. You, you can come to in-person worship if you so desire. If you want to stay home and watch us online, you could do that too. Whatever tickles your fancy and excites your soul, do you. Amen. 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 I think that it pains me when I hear preachers say, folks can go everywhere except for the church. No, that ain't true. That's not true. And I'm not going to beat anybody over the head because they don't come to in-person worship. But I will say that we are worshiping in person, and I just want to let you know that. Um, as we move forward, as far as today's worship experience is concerned, let me just mention that this Saturday, join our marriage ministry at 7 o'clock for Love Notes 2022, a celebration of unconditional love. Guest facilitators are Bishop Rudolph McKissick Sr. and his wife, Estelle McKissick. They've been married for nearly 60 years. And they're going to share with us the secrets for how they've stayed together. And even though this is a virtual event that's open to all, registration is on Eventbrite. So you can get a gift box on the day of the event. So we want to let you know about that. Also, we want to let you know that we have partnered with Atrium Health, uh, of course, for vaccination clinics. And um, they have decided that they want to use our space every Wednesday for the month of February and March for vaccinations. So it's going to be in the Ray of Hope starting at 10 o'clock in the morning to 5 o'clock in the afternoon. No appointments are necessary. All three vaccinations, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, and Moderna are available as well as boosters. Let me just say this. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Um, get vaccinated. Here's, here's, here's people that are not vaccinated are seven times more likely to contract COVID and 14, more, 14 times more likely to die from it. COVID, uh, the vaccination does not prevent COVID or prevent you from getting COVID, but my God, it will lessen the impact that COVID can have on you. Again, you don't have to die from COVID. So get vaccinated. And we are a spot and a space where you can get vaccinated, get your card filled out, and um, make sure that you are covered as far as that's concerned. Let me just also mention that African American History Month starts next Sunday here at St. Paul. If you're coming to in-person worship or if you're watching us online and you feel like getting dressed, Next Sunday is Sunday's Best. Second Sunday is HBCU Sunday. Third Sunday is Divine Nine and Organization Sunday. And the fourth Sunday is African Attire Sunday. So um, if you want to join us in person or online, uh, as far as those different Sundays are concerned, you're more than welcome to do that. 
And the last thing I just want to mention is that Sermon Conversations, our winter session, begins in February. If you want to get a preview of the classes, an introduction of facilitators, and feel why this is another place for you to study God's Word after I preach my sermon, um, you can have more in-depth conversation as far as that's concerned. Go to our church website to register for an informational session today at 2 o'clock to get your questions answered and to choose a class that works for your family. This quarter, we got six groups and a new addition led by Reverend C for teens ages 15 through 18. So uh, they're going to get a copy of my sermon. Uh, you all can talk about it in depth uh, and wrestle with some things that I bring out as far as that word is concerned. So sermon conversations uh, will start in February. Again, I just want to stress that if you are sick, if you are not feeling well, if you have a cough, if your pinky toe hurt, if you have a headache, if you don't feel well when you wake up on Sunday morning, do what? Stay home. Stay home. Stay home. Don't take that risk of potentially exposing someone to COVID. If you don't feel well, stay home uh, and go get tested. And go get tested as far as that's concerned. We, we want to uh, keep you safe uh, as far as our space is concerned. I want to, uh, at this time, um, is Tiffany Hargrave in the house? Tiffany? Tiffany? Hey, Tiffany. I see I didn't recognize you in the mask. Come on up here, dear. I need you to come up here and come to my right. Um, and I want you to do me a favor. Sister Tiffany Hargrave has done a wonderful job. Come right here, dear. I want folks to see you. Sister Tiffany Hargrave has done a wonderful job of leading our uh, WOW Women of Worth ministry. Um, and, and I want to thank you. Thank you for the, for the wonderful, wonderful job you have done over the last, what is it, two years or three? Three. Last three years. Um, uh, you, you're, you're, first of all, I appreciate your insight, your energy. Um, I, I, I was trying to talk you into doing some more, but you were like, no, Pastor Deuces. So, uh, <laughs> but I want you to know that, that I have something for you uh, from, from Pierre and me um, to say thank you and uh, how much we appreciate uh, your work and your diligence. Wow is, is really Pierre's heart, and um, uh, she loves to see our women um, make the climb and continue to do great things, and you have played a critical role uh, in that. So can we celebrate, Tiffany? We have, an, we have a leadership change with WOW, and I'm going to ask uh, Reverend Kelly Baptist. Reverend Kelly Baptist is going to be the new leader uh, for WOW. Come on up. Yeah, come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Um, um, she is my spiritual cousin because her uncle... Uh, the late Reverend Dr. Charles Edward Booth uh, uh, was her uncle. He is like my, he is my father for all practical purposes. And of course, I am so delighted to be doing ministry with you, but now to see you step into a leadership role of one of our key ministries. And I'm looking forward to the great things that God has for you to do as far as giving wow lip. So from Tiffany to Kelly, can we celebrate my two sisters? I am so excited, so excited about what you have done. I am so excited about what you're going to do. And uh, we're looking forward to the women continuing to do great, thring, great things through uh, WOW. 
And so um, if you are a sister 18 years and older, you are, in a sense, part of WOW, but join their calls. Um, and, and, and let me just say this before I send them back to their seats. Our younger sisters, particularly those between the ages of 18 to 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, maybe 30, this is a place where you can get some mentoring. And this is a place where you can get some lift. And this is a place where you can talk to sisters who have gone through what you are going through. Because trust me, whatever you're dealing with, they've seen it. Amen. And you can get some of that godly wisdom. And, that, and, and, and as, as my grandmother used to say, that mother wit. That mother wit that can help you as far as life is concerned. And, and I would dare say that we don't, you know... Uh, we're not going to have any sisters trying to hate on you. They want to love you, encourage you, and, and let you know you're not going through what you're going through by yourself. And if there is somebody that, that hates on you, tell Kelly. She'll get them straight. Amen. So can we celebrate Tiffany? Can we celebrate Reverend Kelly Baptist? Let's give God praise for them. You may return to your seat. Um, and again, uh, I am excited. Um, um, as far as our WOW Women of Worth ministry uh, is concerned. As we get ready to transition to prayer, got a lot of prayer concerns, and um, um, we got some funerals that we want to give a lift to this week. The family of Sister Reg Regina Woods, the sister of Brother Reginald Woods. Uh, services are tomorrow at noon at Wayne Russell Funeral Home in Charlotte, the family of Sister Deborah Dawkins, sister of Disciple Gwendolyn Caldwell. Those services will be tomorrow at Alexander Funeral Home, quiet hour at 11, services at noon. Family of Sister Lamika Calloway, the granddaughter of Disciple Brenda Calloway, services will be tomorrow at Greer Funeral Home, quiet hour at 11, and the service will be at noon. And the family of Reverend Robert L. Massey, brother-in-law of Disciple Brother James Currents, Graveside service will be Tuesday at the VA National Cemetery in Salisbury, and that will be at 1 o'clock. Then the family of Sister Brittany C. Webb, cousin of Deacon Ted Pearson and Deacon Arvette Pearson, and the times for that service are pending. We also want to lift up the family of Sister Betty Martin, uh, Mother Gertrude Hamilton, um, the family of Hope Raleigh, and we want to continue to lift up our disciples who are hospitalized in surgery are dealing with significant illness. Uh, John Annette Garrett, Calvin Glenn, uh, Brother William Little, and of course our pastor emeritus, Dr. Paul Drummond, and his wife, Lady Thomasina. We want to continue to lift uh, those persons up in prayer. And there will be on our uh, screen names scrolling of persons who are dealing with illness. So if you would keep them lifted up in prayer, I'm going to ask that Dr. Redmond will come and take us to the throne of grace. Would you bow your heads for just a few moments? O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Father, we come before you now in the most humble manner that we know how. And Father, before we ask you for a thing, we want to say thank you. Father, we want to say thank you because you've been mighty, mighty good to us. Father, you've been better to us than we have been even to ourselves. Father, we approach your throne of grace 
with some concerns, some prayer concerns. Some of our brothers and sisters, oh God, they are experiencing bereavement during this time. And God, we lift them up to you in the most humble manner that we know how. God, we lift them up to you because we know that you know exactly what to do. God, we lift them up to you because you are a prayer hearing and prayer answering God. God, we know that you are the kind of God who will step in in the midst of a situation. And God, you know how to turn that situation around. God, I pray that you heal every hurt today. Every person, oh God, that is experiencing grief and bereavement. Oh God, we pray that you touch them now from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. Allow them to know, oh God, your presence. God, be with them as they are going through this season of bereavement. Oh God, all of us know exactly what it feels like when someone that we love leaves us and goes on to be with you. Oh God, we all have experienced loss. But God, I know also how I feel with your presence. Oh God, that even in the midst of grief, God, thank you for being right there. Thank you, oh God, for wrapping your loving arms around all of us. God, be there for each and every person in the name of Jesus. Oh God, in the days and in the weeks and in the months to come, God, thank you. Thank you because we know you're going to be right there. Oh God, we pray for those who are dealing with sickness right now. God, I know you to be a healer. God, I've seen your work. I know it, God. Many of your disciples, our disciples here today, God, we've been in the hospital. We know what it's like. God, we know what it's like to be on the sick and shut-in list. But God, I thank you that you have brought us from the sick and shut-in list. God, thank you for that. Thank you for your healing. Thank you, oh God, for this new anointing on our lives. God, we say thank you. Thank you, oh God, as we stand here today as an intercessor for our brothers and our sisters. God, heal today. Oh God, renew today. Restore today in the name of Jesus. God, we love you so much. We love you, oh God. And we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that as we sit here today, as we sit here today, oh God, in your presence, God, we say thank you for your presence. Thank you, oh God, for who you are. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that when we leave this place today, that we're going to leave here leaping and jumping, knowing that we have been in your presence. Oh God, we pray for the priest's word today. We pray for our pastor, our leader, oh God. Oh God, anoint him now afresh from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. God, preach through him today so much that somebody will cry out, I yield, I yield. What must I do to be saved? God, we say thank you. Thank you for every person that's here under the sound of my voice. Do something new in their lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Come on, put your hands together if you believe your prayers are being answered right now. Oh, I think we'll do a whole lot better than that. If you believe prayer is being answered, put your hands together. Give God praise. Thank you, Dr. Redmond, for lifting up our concerns to the throne of heaven. Um, beloved, it is prayer. T- it is giving time. It is giving time. It is giving time. And what a wonderful opportunity it is for us to be able to give unto the Lord at this particular time. 
And as we prepare to give, there are three ways you can give here at St. Paul Church. First is by uh, putting your, mailing your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. Or dropping off your check or cash or money order here at the church. Um, but if you decide to do that, call the church office first at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is here to receive your offering and we'll put it in a safe and make sure it's part of the next count. The other way you can give is through our website, ACS or Church Life. And then finally, you can give through Givelify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, um, go to your app store, search for Givelify, download it, connect it to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks you can give. If you have a physical offering in the house right now, uh, after the prayer, there's a basket on the row in front of you. You don't even need to touch the basket. Just drop your physical offering in that basket, and our receiving team will take it and make sure it is part of the count. So that basket is on the row in front of you. If you have uh, your offering or however you're giving right now, if you would, take it, place it in your right hand. If you're able, lift it to the heavens. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to give, uh, to be so much like you in this moment. And as we come and we give not grudgingly or out of necessity, but cheerfully, why? Because you love the cheerful giver. Take these gifts of ours, multiply them in a Godful way so that your word, your witness, and your work can go forward through the tribe known as St. Paul. Thank you, God, for Persons who are following the discipline of giving tithes and offerings, thank you, God, for those who may not be at that point but are striving. And then, God, if you would, touch persons who feel like they don't have to do anything, uh, continue to, as the old folks said, turpentine their minds to help them understand they can't beat you given no matter how hard they try. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Physical offering, if you would, just drop it in the basket on the seat in front of you. Thank you so very much. And at this time, let's prepare our hearts for the word of God. Where I can't find Your voice, your face, your love and grace And leave all my cares behind And when life's cares take hold of me I run to that place I know you're there and all the answers lie there in your arms. All right. 
So I run to you in prayer. Oh, I've learned to wait for your deliverance Although the answer I can't see After I cry to you and praise your name Lord, you heard my earnest plea So when life cares, take hold of me I run to that place, I know you're there All right. All right. And all the answers lie there in your arms So I run to you in prayer Oh, Oh, 
Yeah, prayer does change things and it changes people too. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you to those who are blessing us with their gift of song this morning. And it is something I don't take for granted. Trinity, you open that thing up, girl. You Come on, let's give God praise for her. give God praise for her. Um, amen. I want to, um, for the time that is mine, uh, to call your attention to a passage of scripture that's not in the original gospels, but it was inserted in there around like the third or fourth century, depending on which scholars you um, adhere to. And it is John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. Um, And it reads like this from the New King James Version of Scripture. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning, he came again into the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had seen her in the the midst, set her in the midst, they said to him, teacher, This woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone And the woman standing in the midst, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I want to preach for the time that is mine as the Holy Spirit gives utterance. Drop your rocks. Drop your rocks. One of the tremendous aspects about an encounter with Jesus is how Jesus knows everything there is to know about us intimately. Jesus is kingly aware of 
our sinful situations and cantankerous circumstances. And therefore, when we come before Jesus, either because of our trouble or on our own volition, we are coming into Jesus's presence with our faults, frailties, sins, and shortcomings. Many of us right now are dealing with mess, paralyzed by shame, and caught up on our hangups. And even though we have a myriad of issues and a variety of concerns, God, through Jesus Christ, intervenes on our behalf to reclaim us, to redeem us, to renew us, to refresh us, to reinvigorate us, and to rectify our problems. The fundamental problem with all of us is sin. When we mess up, yes, God is disappointed, but God is not surprised because God knows us better than we know ourselves. Because God is omniscient, which means that God knows everything from beginning to end, God is the only one who can accurately and righteously judge us. Not only is God aware of sinful actions, but God knows the intent and desire of the heart. Therefore, when we look at God through Jesus Christ, Jesus is the only human being who can say what is right or wrong with us and in us without hesitation or mental reservation. Beloved, there is nothing you and I can hide from God. There is nothing that we can keep from God. There is nothing that we can withhold from God. You can run, but you can't hide. You can trick people, but you can't play with God. You can even fake the funk and wear the mask and pretend to be someone that you're not with others, but you can't do it with God. Why? Because God knows the real you. God knows the desire of the heart. God knows the intent of the spirit. God knows the plots of the mind. God is keenly aware of sneaky plans, nasty tricks, despicable schemes, and underhanded games that a whole lot of folks try to run and play. God is aware of midnight sneaks, hidden addictions, terrible habits, and constant misuse of God's blessings. There is nothing hidden from the omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God, but yet the thing that amazes me about God is this. God, through Jesus Christ, knows we got all this drama, and even when we mess up, and even when we disappoint God, and even when we take God's blessings for granted, God still loves us. And, and, and God still wants to be in relationship with tricky, trifling folks like you and me. Although we don't do what God desires, uh, divinity wants us because God sees something that is worthy of redemption, salvation, and liberation. In spite of our flaws, God meets us at the intersection of our imperfections and bad choices and reroutes us to a greater purpose and a higher destiny. However, 
This is not the case with some folks in the church because there are some folks in the church who feel like they are ordained to be judge, jury, and executioner. There are some church folk, I don't know about you, uh, but I, I don't know if I would want them to know all my faults and frailties because some church folks will quickly condemn me to hell with no bounce back. That there, there are some people, some, not all, but, but it's enough to get on the reserve nerve. There, there are some people in the church who love it when you and I mess up. So they can say, see, wasn't much to them anyway. And, and when we mess up, there are those who don't want to see you get back up on your feet. As a matter of fact, can I be honest? There are some folks, when you fall down, they want to push you further into the ground. They, they revel in your failure. They uh, take joy in our mistakes. And it would seem to me, it would seem to me, Dr. Redmond, uh, how those who have been messed up, how those who have fallen short, how those who are part of the Reformed Sinners Club would have at least a little understanding. Uh, but, 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 but some of us, uh, yes, I would even dare say here at St. Paul Church, some of us have contracted amnesia. Because we've forgotten what God has done for us. Um, uh, some, some of us have forgotten how God had to clean us up. Some of us have forgotten we were hanging out on the corner and sitting on the stoop having a drink and drugging and cussing and fighting and slipping and sliding. Uh, uh, and, and God rescued you. Uh, some, some of us have forgotten we were seeking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore. Uh, some of us have forgotten that back in the day we did everything we thought we were big and bad enough to do. Some of us have forgotten we haven't always sang in the choir. We haven't always been able to come to church. We haven't always served as an usher. We haven't always worked in a ministry. Some of us have forgotten that we have not always been saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, had Jesus on our mind. And if we're transparent, some of us, with our saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost, super righteous selves are still struggling, still stressing, and still straining with things which makes God shake God's head in dismay and disgust. Such is the case that I bring before you in this text in John chapter 8. We're confronted with an interesting story about a woman caught in adultery and is brought before Jesus. Here's the setup. Jesus is minding his own business, teaching in the temple, expounding on the word of God, sharing with the waiting congregation messianic promises about who Jesus really is, which becomes more apparent if you read verse 12. Here is the rabbi 
being about his father's business, engaging in real ministry because Jesus's real purpose was not to heal the sick, but rather to restore the lost back to God and to redeem Israel, the people of God. So as Jesus is engaging in his teaching at the temple in the courts, all of a sudden, the teachers of the law, the scribes and the Pharisees show up with a woman. All these brothers show up with a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. All right, y'all missed it. She was caught in the very act of adultery. All right, still went over your head. She was caught in the very act of adultery. All right, I don't know why y'all trying to be so... What word am I looking for right now? Because the word I'm looking for right now can't fit in the context of what y'all pretending to be. Y'all, she was caught in the very act of adultery. It, all right, all right. Let me see if I can set it up for you without being too graphic. The, them scribes and Pharisees had to, first of all, been checking her out because they didn't have cars back during that time for the overnight stay. So, so, so you couldn't park your car. She didn't have a donkey or a horse or a coat. So somebody had to be watching her. And, and, and she wasn't a person that had very much mean. So, so they had to have their eyes on her. These men had to be some peeping toms to catch her in the very act of adultery. And, and, and when you think about what the very act of adultery is you got to understand that she wasn't just taking a nap in the bed with somebody else's husband they weren't just cuddling they weren't just holding each other like back in the, see there's a movie there's a movie um, uh, back in the day waiting to exhale where Angela Bassett and Wesley Snipes they didn't have sex they just held each other at night wasn't none of that they weren't just playing footsie and they weren't just holding hands. Uh, uh, she was caught in the very act. They, they weren't just staring in each other's eyes, quoting words from the Song of Solomon or in our day, the poetic language of Shakespeare or in our time, the soulful lyrics of Luther Vandross or the raunchy vibes of Bobby Womack or Delise LaSalle. Or the ratchetness of YFN Lucci or Megan Thee Stallion rolling with Cardi B. Nah, they were doing some other stuff. Just use your imagination, grown folks. And the Bible says she was caught in the very act, which means these hyper-spiritual peaking toms had to be watching. These religious warriors had to be looking in the window, having their own personal freak show going on. And, and, and the Bible says that they bust into the house, pull her off the man, wrap a sheet around her, and brought her to the temple. Now, can I tell y'all what I really appreciate about the Bible? 
I really appreciate the fact about the Bible is that the Bible gives you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Contrary to what some white folks are doing in today's culture, talking about critical race theory, which ain't taught in schools from kindergarten through the 12th grade or even in college. They want to talk about critical race theory, but that ain't taught in our schools. But now they want to ban us talking about what really happened from 1619 up until the present. But I'm glad that the Bible ain't like some folks in today's culture want to cut out all the bad stuff and put in the good stuff because if they put in the good stuff then none of us will have any stuff because ain't none of us in here been very good as far as life is concerned preach Robert Charles Scott so 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 the Bible puts this in in a very interesting place uh, the moral sex police of that time knew the requirements and the punishment of the Mosaic law they knew there were some people who are glad. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad that there are some people who are not under this type of penalty today. Why? Because she was supposed to be stoned. But here's the kicker. They bring her before Jesus to see which side of the law he's going to support. The law of Moses says she should be stoned. Now, this would have been cruel and unusual punishment in today's standards. Nevertheless, if he let her go, he would be disregarding the Mosaic law. Now, I love the way that my Jesus, your Jesus, knows how to handle his enemies. Because all the master does is stop talking and start writing. <laughs> uh, 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 he stoops to the ground and he starts writing. And, and, and what he does is he refuses to enter into a debate with his enemies. That, that's a word for somebody in the house right now. Stop trying to prove who you are to folks who don't like you. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. You, you try, you're trying to substantiate the very essence of who you are to folks who ain't gonna like you anyhow. You ain't got to prove nothing to nobody who can't stand you, who don't like you, and who don't want to be bothered with you. Jesus shows us how to handle his enemies. He doesn't even get into a debate with them. He started writing on the ground and he writes from right to left something in the dirt. Understand that the Hebrews do not write from left to right. He writes from right to left. In other words, he is writing, watch this. Thank you, God, for the download. He is writing from that which is right to that which will be left. <laughs> you, you just missed your cue, your shout cue. I, I don't know what he wrote, but a whole lot of folks like to speculate. I ain't going to do that right now. But basically, Jesus is saying to the scribes and to the Pharisees, I'm not going to let you bait me into a debate with you about something that has nothing to do with what you're bringing to me. Because what you say the issue is ain't the issue. Have you ever noticed that people will bring things to you that ain't got nothing to do with what they brought to you. In, in other words, people will bring up something just to start a conversation with you, but their real intent is to catch you. 
and this is what Dr. John Kenny calls snakeology. It is a tool of the demonic to trap you between compassion and justice. However, Jesus kept writing in the dirt, not looking up and not answering questions. And as he continues, as they continue to press him, Jesus straightens up and says these words that we love to quote, he among you without sin, cast the first stone. Now, when Jesus says cast the first stone, the original Greek infers that he saw the rock in their hands. And Jesus also saw the rock in their heart. So the Bible says that they left the scene from the oldest to the youngest and they what? Dropped their rocks. Why did they drop their rocks? And why do we need to drop our rocks? Let me say it again. Why did they drop their rocks? And why do we need to drop our rocks? Because there's some folks in our lives and in the church that got rocks that the moment you mess up, as we say back in Mississippi, they ready to chunk it at you. So, so why do we need to drop our rocks? First, first reason they drop their rocks and people need to drop our rocks is because of ulterior motives. It's right there in the text. Pharisees and the scribes had major issues with Jesus because of the things that he was doing that they had never seen before. When you read the writings of John, you will see that he turned water to wine at a wedding feast. He healed a man who had been paralyzed for 38 years. He had conversation with a Samaritan woman at a well when the Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. He even told one brother, your sins are forgiven. Now, at this time, Jesus' popularity is going off the charts. His ministry is expanding at an exponential rate. And he was taking some of their followers. And they ain't like that. And so the religious leaders had issues with Jesus. And they decided to use this woman who was caught in the very act of adultery as a trap to trick Jesus. And they must have watched this sister. Because the Bible says she was caught in the very act. Can you imagine the embarrassment of our sister as her hair is disheveled all over her head, her body sweaty and smelly, her privacy has been invaded, her shame has been exposed, and she is brought before Jesus. Now, I know, church, they had to have an ulterior motive because if they were really concerned about justice, if they were really concerned about righteousness, if they were really concerned about upholding the Mosaic law, somebody else should have been brought to Jesus also. It's going to get real quiet in here because I just got one question I want to raise. Where was the man? Cause it takes two to tango. Where, where, where was the man? Because it takes two to commit adultery. And since they did not bring 
brother man, they are violating the Levitical code. Because adultery is not committed alone. Where was the man? Church? Where was the man? Why? 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 They didn't bring him. Was he somebody important in the community? Was he one of the Pharisees or Sadducees or scribes? Where was the man? The Bible says they had to drop their rocks. Because they knew they were not interested in justice, but trying to put Jesus in a trick bag. St. Paul, you got to be careful how the enemy operates. Because the enemy will come before you with one thing and flip it on you. You and I know people who want to get in our space, but ain't got our best interests at heart. So they'll stroke your ego, they'll massage your esteem, but they really don't mean you any good. They want to take you out and will use your secrets, your weakness, and your faults against you. We know about people who have ulterior motives, but when they are busted, they got to drop their rocks. The interesting thing about this whole scenario is that even though they had ulterior motives, at least they brought sister girl to Jesus. My God, we're going to learn how to shout on good Bible doctrine in just a moment. And this is the case I want to make for somebody right now. That when folks try to put you in a trick bag and they try to bring you before some folks that know who God is and the pardon of their sin, they are really putting you in the right place you need to be so you can be restored and reconciled. Here it is. Uh, uh, God will make your enemies your footstool. They brought her to Jesus and they thought they were going to set her up for the kill. They thought they were going to see her stone. However, they placed her before the one who could turn her life around. When people come with ulterior motives and they're trying to get their rocks ready to take you out, they're trying to get their rocks ready to kill you, they don't realize they are putting you in position so you can move from misery to a miracle. There are times when your enemy will put you in the very presence of God, not for you to get in trouble, but for you to get transform. They will put you before God not realizing that what looks like distress is going to become a modality for your deliverance. God still will make your enemy your footstool. And so there are some of us right now who need to learn how to thank your enemy for their ulterior motives because if they had not done what they did you would not be before the face of God saying Lord I messed up I've fallen short. I haven't done everything I wanted to do and should have done but Lord, if you will create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me, who am I talking to right now? They ain't afraid to tell the Lord, thank you for my enemies because what they tried to use to kill me, you used it to restore me. Ulterior motives. 
But there is something else that the text wants us to understand, and it's this. They had to drop their rocks, and we got to drop our rocks, because ain't none of us. I know that ain't bad English, but it's good philosophy. None of us are exempt from sin. Uh Uh-huh. Everybody in here ought to be. Let me say that one more time. Everybody, like Nellie would say, everybody in here need to be doing this. I'm going to try that one more time. Y'all looking at me suspect. Everybody in here need to be doing this. Listen, if you've never sinned, you've never fallen short, you've never messed up, you keep your hands to yourself and on your knees. But if you've sinned and you've fallen short and you know you haven't dotted every eye nor cross every T, everybody in here need to at least be doing The problem, St. Paul, with the accusers is they had no regard for this woman as a human being. They forgot they messed up too. They forgot they had issues too. So they wanted to see her stoned. They wanted to see her killed because of an adulterous relationship. Now, I am not in any shape, form, or stretch of the imagination condoning what she has done. I'm not, you know, I I ain't condoning what she has done. But I know it's a whole lot of folks who have done worse. Um, I I ain't condoning what she has done. Um, uh, But I know a whole lot of folks who've done a whole lot worse. Uh, 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 What about deranged adults who molest children? You want to throw some rocks? I, yeah. What, what, what about the man who rapes women and messes them up sexually for the rest of their lives? I, I, listen, I know somebody we can throw some rocks at. What, what about somebody who goes on a killing spree? Uh, what, what about somebody who mistreats the elderly and leaves them broken, take all their savings and beat up on our elderly? What, what about the parent? Who kills her child or what about the parent who shakes his child to death because they had a bad day or they were just aggravated. I got I got some folks. You could throw some rocks at if you want to. However, when these men brought this woman and accused her of adultery, Jesus already knew her story. And guess what? He knew their story. <laughs> this, this is why I love Jesus. The Bible says, Bible says that Jesus started writing in dirt. He doesn't even look up as to embarrass this woman. And he doesn't look up as to look at the scowls on the faces of these men. They started writing in dirt. I don't know what he wrote. But as they continue to accuse her, Jesus straightens up. Here's what Jesus says, and if you don't understand the context, you're going to misapply this text. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus says, he among you without sin, throw the first rock. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, 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 if you don't understand Greek, you're going to misinterpret this text, and you're going to misapply this text, and you're going to mess up some folks. He among you, without sin, 
Throw the first rock. Now for us, we think that it says he among you who has never done anything wrong, throw the first rock. That ain't what the text means. Because in the original Greek, the word sin is hamatatos. Now, I know y'all don't know what hamatatos is. That's why I'm your pastor. I'm going to tell you what it is. Hamatatos really refers to, as scholars contend, a particular sin. Mm-hmm. You see, it's good to know the Bible for yourself. So really, what Jesus is saying is, any of you men who have not committed adultery, either in your hearts or physically, throw the first rock. Boy, I see some of y'all going to learn how to shout on the Bible one day. You know what this means? This means basically you and I got to be very careful when we approach somebody with a judgmental attitude because we have some people in the church who have forgotten that God has saved them from the guttermost to the othermost. God has saved you from some mess. God has saved you from some sins. God has saved you from some shortcomings. God has saved you from some addictions. God has saved you from some afflictions. All of us in here got to remember we haven't always had a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and for those of us who've been in church for 30, 40, 50 years uh, who have not done everything the Lord wanted you to do, you better realize that the Lord is still in the process of getting you right. Who am I talking to right now? That ain't afraid to admit that some of us still got some issues that God is working on us right now. You have not dotted every I since you've been saved. You haven't crossed every T since you've been saved. You haven't been so perfect since you've been saved. You haven't been so good since you've been saved. You haven't been so righteous since you've been saved. I get so sick and tired of judgmental, super righteous Christians that portray ourselves, that thinking we ain't never done anything wrong since we've been saved. The devil is a lie. None of us in here, from the pulpit to the back door, can walk around with our chest stuck out like we all that in a bag of chips. Romans 3.23 says, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and if we can be honest not only do some of us have skeletons in our closet but some of us got some warm bodies but I'm glad that God knows there's some people in the house and in our lives that need to what drop their rocks One more thing I need to drop on you and then I'm done. And it's this. Drop your rocks because Jesus is more concerned about redeeming us rather than condemning us. I don't know who that word is for right now. God is not trying to put you in a trick bag to say, I got you. See, see, see in the text. In the text, Jesus calls her accusers out because he's aware of their scheme to try to trick him. But let's be honest. and I know we all like to talk about this because we don't want to talk about sin. We live in a culture where if I start talking about sin, you're going to turn me off. We, we live in a culture. Yeah, we live in a culture. 
that, that when I talk about sin, some of you say, oh, yeah. See, see, you, you don't want us to talk about the woman was wrong. She was caught in the very act of adultery. And according to the law, she's supposed to be stoned. But when you look at her accusers, because when they looked over their lives, they realized they had to drop their rocks because none of them were sinless. So the only one who could accurately and righteously judge this woman was Jesus. And the only one that ultimately can accurately judge us and sentence us is Jesus. So when those men folk left this woman from the oldest to the youngest, y'all want to know why they went from the oldest to the youngest? Because the oldest had more mess. Don't, don't, don't look at me like that. The only reason why some of y'all old folks can't do nothing because you're too old to do it. Help me, Holy Ghost. I, I was talking to some brother one day. He said, you know, I thank God I, I don't do what I used to do because I can't. And I said, I thank God that you can't so now you can do what the Lord will have for you to do. I don't want you all to leave this place thinking that Jesus is easy on sin. Huh? I, I, see, here's our problem in the church today. We think that Jesus is easy on sin. No, he ain't. And the reason we think that Jesus is easy on sin, and I got this from my brother last night, Dr. William Curtis, is because we made Jesus too common. We have brought Jesus down to our level. And we fail to realize that Jesus is God. I'm here to let somebody know Jesus ain't your homeboy. He is God. Jesus ain't your ride and die, buddy. He is God. Jesus ain't the man in the sky. He is God. And Jesus ain't easy on sin. Notice what he says. He says, well, I'm not going to accuse you anymore. Go and sin no more. He shares this imperative with her because he wants her to move to a different direction and go to a higher level. Jesus says, if your accusers are not here, then I'm not going to accuse you either. And the word accuse in the Greek means I'm not going to sentence you to what you deserve. But I'm going to give you another chance to get this thing right. Watch what he says. He says, go and don't do this again. He doesn't accuse her, but he lets her go and gives her another chance to get this thing right. Y'all, I'm about to run out of my shoes right now because when I look at what God has done for us, this is how God moves in our lives. I realize Jesus is more concerned about trying to redeem us rather than condemn us. Uh, that famous verse in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, 
but shall have everlasting life. We stop right there. But the juicy part of the text comes in verse 17 and 18. For it says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Woo! But that the world through him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he have not believed in the name of the only begotten son. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. But I cannot tell y'all the category I fall in. I fall into that category of the uncondemned. And the reason that I fall into that category is because uh, I believe that he is who he says he is. I believe that, that God sent Jesus to die for my sins. Uh, because uh, I, I didn't have the capacity to get myself right with God. And I don't know who I'm talking to right now who may not know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of his or her sin. But I can tell you what I love about God is how God could have taken us out a long time ago. And, 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 and I don't know why, why some of you all think that you're so good and so right and so fine. Because every time you and I sin and thought, word, and deed, preach Robert Charles Scott. The, the, the Lord has a right to, to take us out. But I'm glad that he still looked beyond my faults. Yeah, and he saw my needs. And I, and I just wish that I had a few folks here at St. Paul Church that wouldn't be afraid to testify that he looked beyond your fault. And he saw your needs. And I'm glad that God has not only given you and me a second chance, but God has given many of us a third chance and a fourth chance and a fifth chance. And I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I believe I might be on my hundred thousandth chance. But I thank God that his grace is more than sufficient. And so as I get ready to close right now, I want you to know that you and I need to drop our rocks. Because if you don't drop your rock, your rock can become a boomerang that will come back and haunt you. How many of us in the house right now have lived long enough to see rocks become boomerangs? Those who live in glass houses should not throw stones. Those of us who have messed up need to be careful not to throw rocks because you can be hit with your own rock. And I don't want my rock to become a boomerang because what goes around comes around. I don't want my rock to become a boomerang because what goes up must come down. Anybody heard that you reap what you sow? Anybody heard the saying, when you dig one ditch, you better dig two? Anybody heard when you point one finger at somebody, you got three pointing back at you? And God knows Malcolm X was right. The chickens will come home to roost. Good morning, St. Paul. May the Lord bless you real good. But I thank God that God did not sentence me in condemnation. 
and you ought to thank God that he did not sentence you in your condemnation because many of us in here were just like this woman we may not have been caught in adultery but we were caught in something and God stepped into our situation and he removed us from that situation I really wish I had somebody in the church right now that understand you may not be all that you should be but you got to thank God you're not what you used to be. Uh, you may not have everything the way you want it, uh, but you got to give God praise that one day while you were seeping deep in sin, uh, he came and he rescued you. Uh, yeah, thank you, God. Uh, like this woman that was caught in adultery, uh, she had an encounter with Jesus. Uh, and one day you and I, we had an encounter with Jesus. Uh, am I talking to anybody in the house that is able to say I came to Jesus just as I was I was weary worn and sad but I found in him a resting place and he has made me glad yeah I'm here to let you know that you and I got an accuser by the name of Satan and Satan had some of his imps to round us up and throw us before Jesus you and I were condemned to die you and and I were condemned to go to hell. You and I were condemned to be separated from God forever and ever. Um, and the devil was ready to throw his rocks of condemnation. Uh, but do I have anybody at the St. Paul Baptist Church? Do I have anybody watching me on the Zoom congregation? Uh, do I have anybody watching me on Facebook, YouTube, or Vimeo uh, that is able to lift up your hands uh, and say, I thank you Jesus that you stepped in and turned my situation around because Jesus told the devil to drop his rocks of judgment but when you drop the rocks of judgment you can pick up the rocks of ages rock of ages cleft for me let me hide myself in thee let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure uh, save from wrath and make me pure. Uh, in other words, uh, you can talk about me all that you want to. Uh, just let me get to Jesus. Uh, you can dog me out all that you want to, but let me get to Jesus. Do I have anybody that ain't afraid to testify? Uh, throw me wherever you want me, uh, but let me get to the presence of Jesus. Uh, because when you get to Jesus, uh, you get to the one uh, that's ready to redeem you. Uh, you get to the one that's ready to restore you. You get to the one that's ready to reclaim you. You get to the one that's ready to lift you up, turn you around, plant your feet on a solid ground. Good morning, y'all. May the Lord bless you real good. But do I have anybody in the church right now They ain't afraid to thank God for Jesus? Because when I consider the great Jesus is the greatest when I consider the good Jesus is the best when I consider the pure Jesus is the purest when I consider the wise Jesus is the wisest when I consider the lovely Jesus is the loveliest when I consider the strong Jesus is the strongest is there anybody that shows that Jesus is above all over all and beyond all 
all, sees all, and hears all. Jesus has all authority, all power, and all wisdom. Jesus created all. Jesus changes all. Jesus exposes all. And Jesus understands all. Jesus values all. And he encompasses all. And here's the shout. This is why Jesus deserves all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, all the trust, all your devotion, all your worship, and all our love. So as I close, if you're not too mean, and you're not too scared, and you ain't too stingy with your worship and praise, if you're able, give him glory. If you're able, give him honor. If you're able, give him praise. If you've been saved, lift up your hands. Tell the Lord, thank you. Should have been dead. Should have lost my mind. Should have gone crazy. But God, you spared me. God, you saved me. God, you lifted me. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Because when he lifts you, when he saves you, when he restores you, won't he heal you? Won't he deliver you? Won't he provide for you? Won't he lift up a bow down head? Say yes. Good God Almighty, I done preached myself happy. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Yes. I love Jesus. Jesus, yes, I bless your name, yes, I worship you, y'all got to excuse me, I done got caught up in my own praise, and my own worship, so if you don't want to do anything, can y'all just give me a few more minutes to give my God who restored me an ounce of praise, who refreshed me an ounce of praise, who delivered me an ounce of praise, who healed me an ounce of praise. Is he worthy? Good God Almighty, is he worthy? Is he worthy? Can I holler just one more time? Can I holler? Just one more time. Can I holler? Say yes. 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 Tell folks in your space that you would rather be in the hands of a God who knows you, who has the right to condemn you, but wants to restore you, than to be put in the hands of a human being who don't have the right to condemn you, 
and yet want to kill you. Give me Jesus any day of the week and any time of the day. I want to, I want to at this time, um, open up doors of the church, give you opportunity to notice Jesus. To the utmost he saves and he does it completely so if you're here right now in house or online and you're watching us I want to lead you in a short prayer prayer of new life prayer of brand new start prayer of forgiveness and if that prayer convicts you here here's what y'all can sit down here's what I want you to understand that that it's a call to action and the primary call to action is salvation. You can't do the other stuff until you get that right. And so, this preaching, if it has anything besides dropping your rocks, it's called salvation. So, if, if you don't mind, I just want you to say this prayer. Repeat this prayer after me online, in-house. Because for those of us who have that relationship, it's a reminder of the covenant, the promise we've made to God. But if you say it and it hits you, I want you to make a decision. I want you to take action. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Repeat after me. God, I thank you for not condemning me when you had the right, but for redeeming me in spite of myself. I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I believe you raised him from the dead. And I believe... One day he's coming back. But until then, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Help me be the person you want me to be. I believe Jesus is who he says he is. And I place my faith and confidence in him as Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me from my sins. In Jesus' name, I pray this prayer. Amen. Hear me and hear me well. If you prayed that prayer, you're watching us online. If you prayed that prayer, you're watching us on Facebook, on our website. You prayed that prayer and that prayer touched you. That prayer was like, hey, I need a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I want you to do me a favor. Type in salvation. Type in salvation in the chat box. One of our digital ministers will contact you and let you know what the next steps are. If you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on the phone, email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call us at 704-334-5309. Leave your name, a phone number, a good phone number we can reach you or an email address. And I promise by 5 o'clock tomorrow, before 5 o'clock tomorrow, somebody from our church office is going to reach out to you, let you know what the next steps are. If you're in-house you're in house, if you're in the sanctuary, physical sanctuary, and this sermon was meant for you, and you want a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you want to say, listen, I, I, I need Jesus in my life. I, I want to have a relationship with God. Uh, if you prayed that prayer, and you meant it in your head and your heart, your, your head and your heart, your mind and your spirit, you're saved. If you really meant it, you're saved. And if that's you, 
you need to take action right now. I want you to come down and I want you to understand what the next steps are. So if I'm talking to you right now, would you hold up your hand if that prayer was for you? Would you hold up your hand if you're in the house and you know you need a relationship with God through Jesus Christ? Would you hold up your hand? Will you hold up your hand? Will you hold up your hand? Will you hold up your hand? Hold up your hand. Please hold up your hand. 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 Amen. If you got your hand up, brother, sister, you need to take action. I want you to take action right now. Would you come on down? If you got your hand up, go ahead and come on down. Go ahead and come on down. Go ahead. Come on down. God bless you. Will there be another? Will there be another? Will, will there be another? 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 Amen. Amen. Listen, you may be saying, Pastor, I'm already saved. I know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of my sin. But uh, in this virtual space and space where I can't go to church, been checking y'all out online, or maybe you've come to church this morning and you're not connected to a church in a meaningful way. Um, I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your sisters and brothers in Christ uh, online or in-house. So if you're watching us online, Facebook or website, type in connect, type in connect right now, type in connect. And one of our digital ministers will reach out to you. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Come on, let's give God praise. We still got people are coming. If you're listening to us on YouTube or on telephone and you want a relationship with God and you want to join us either uh, through Christian experience or watch care, meaning you're going to be here temporarily. You want to join us through watch care. Uh, you don't want to give up your membership at home, but you want to roll with us while you're in the area. We'd love to have you. So if that's you right now, just type in uh, email at connect to spbcnc.org or call the church office at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your number and somebody's going to reach out to you by five o'clock tomorrow. If you're in house, you don't have a church home, you, you, you're not connected to a church. I would love to be your pastor. These men and women in house and online would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't buy into the adage of the culture that say you don't need church. Yes, you do. It's a place for us to all grow and develop and become. And we're reminded that we do this thing not in isolation, but in community. If you don't have a church, let me be your pastor. If I'm talking to you, would you hold up your hand right now? Would you hold up your hand? If you don't have a church home, you're looking for a place, would you hold up your hand? 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 Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Amen. Amen. We have done as commanded. And as the saints of old used to say, and yet there is still room at the cross just for you. St. Paul, can you help me to celebrate these two brothers that have come? Let's give God praise for them. Brothers, I'm going to come and I'm going to give you an elbow bump. God bless you. Thank you, my brother. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Thank you all for taking this risk to come. And I want you to do me this favor. These lovely ladies, they're going to take you in the back. So if you got anything you need to get, go get your items. If you got um, uh, anything you brought in with you, you take it to the back. They're going to let you know what the next steps are. Uh, but I tell you this, you look like you used to play football or basketball. Did you used to do any of that? You remember how folks used to cheer for you? How they used to cheer for you, holler for you? 
y'all not well they didn't do that for you well guess what we're gonna do that for you we're gonna do that for you too so guess what as you all follow them saint paul can we give them a great cheer go get your stuff if you need to come on we can do better than that come on come on come on we're getting ready to get out of here we're getting ready to get out of here we're getting ready to get out of here can y'all do it one more time for those brothers they need to be encouraged ready to leave all heads bowed all eyes closed god we thank you that when satan tried to throw rocks at us you told him to put him down and we now cleave to the rock of ages which is you god dismiss us from this place never from your presence keep us in your care and thank you god that you've given us another chance to get this thing right god we may not have committed the sin of physical adultery but some of us have committed spiritual adultery we put other gods in your place. Help us to get that right. And now to him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy. Otherwise, God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. And the people of God said, Amen. Follow the directions of the ushers as you're dismissed. I love you. God loves you even more. Have a safe, blessed week in the Lord. And may God continue to keep you in God's omnipotent care.